Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Now, this has never happened to anybody in this church. But there's a man and a woman. And the man decided that his wife was extremely hard of hearing. And so the... This will be good. So the man goes to the doctor, and the man's asking the doctor. He says, "Man, I don't know what it is, but you know, you gotta, you gotta help my, you know, help my wife. She can't hear anything I say." And uh, the doctor says, "Well, before we prescribe anything, here's what we're gonna do." He says, "I want you to go home, and I want you to." You know, be away from her about 50 feet or so and, and, uh, you know, talk to her in a conversational tone. And then if she can't hear you, then, then move 40 feet and, and then 30, 20 and so on. So he does this. He decides, I'm going to go home and I'm going to do this. And so he's about 50 feet away from his wife and, you know, his wife's over in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, he, he says the first thing. He's like, um, he goes, honey, what, you know, what's for dinner? No response. And so, he moves in 10 more feet and says, you know, honey, what's for dinner? Nothing, no response. And moves in again, you know, and then again. And finally, finally, you know, fifth time he gets right up in her business and her girl. And, and he says to his wife right in the kitchen, he says, honey, what's for dinner? And she just gets mad. She turns around. And she goes, for the fifth time, chicken. <laughs> There's an older gentleman. He's having hearing issues. Lots of years having these hearing issues. So he goes to the doctor, and uh, the doctor hooks him up with these great prescription hearing aids, and and he gets them on, and you know, and and he and he goes home, and and they start, you know, and they start working, and loves this, and he comes back, and and uh, you know, goes back to the doctor about a month later, and the doctor just says. You know, your hearing's perfect. Your, your family must just be so pleased and so happy that you can hear them. Don't get ahead of me. And, and he goes, you know, I never told my family, but my will has changed three times. <laughs> I love that. Isn't that. Those are good. I love those. Man, those are good. I want to show you a couple quotes. Now, I want to protect you. Don't shout amen, don't shout yeah, and don't get too excited about these, okay? I'm, I'm warning you, all right? So here we go. Here's the first one. What you tell yourself every day will either lift you up or tear you down. Okay, I see that. Go to the next one. The secret, scariest moment is always just before you start. Makes sense that Stephen King would write that. All right, go ahead. Some people are like clouds. When they disappear, it's a brighter day. No amens. Next one. You always have a choice. I think there's one more. Never met a strong person with an easy past. Now, I wanted wanted to warn you. These quotes, they're very motivational. A lot of people have shared them. Stephen King, incredible author and writer. Here's the problem with all five of these quotes. None of them are true. 
And it could be from time to time. But these aren't the truth that we base our entire walk with God on, are they? How many times do we see in our lives these quotes or these different things we see in inspirational things and calendars, or we, sh- we see them show up and they're good sayings, but they're not God sayings. So how do we balance that? How do we, how do we know about the voices around us? We've talked about, you know, God's voice. We've talked about the voice of the enemy. We've talked about, you know, discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit. But what about the voice of others? How many know there's like voices around us all the time? All the time. Constantly. Everywhere. All the time. Going and going. You know, you've got your kids. How many have kids? You know, they have a voice. How many have a spouse? They're always right, right? In their voice, whatever they tell you. Marketing, marketing, text, email, social media, people. How do we know which voices to hold on to and how do we know which voices to ignore? How do we filter out these five things and we go, man, this is what I gotta hold on to or this is what I need to throw out? How do we, how do we discern that? How do we know what to do with that? Well, here's what it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. I love what John says. He says this. Dear friends, he's talking to all of us. We're his friends. He says, don't believe every spirit. Okay? But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. In other words, what it means right here, to test the spirits. This is not some crazy, like you're you know, chasing some demon or something. That's not what he means. He says it's your responsibility to test the words that come your way. Test them. Well, how do we test them? What do we do with that? We're to test all of those voices that we hear. And so we're to test the advice that we get to see, is it accurate? Now, some advice that you and I receive, it's not all that important sometimes, is it? You know? Like... No one needs to tell you if you have to go to the bathroom. You should know. If you don't, you need to go see a doctor, okay? Like so, sometimes I'd have guys and I call them super Christians, you know? I don't do well with super Christians, I'm just telling you. I, I do great with people that are going, I'm searching, I'm trying, that's, that's my, I love that. But if I get someone that's like, I pray whether or not I need to go to the bathroom. I think you're praying for the wrong thing, okay? And God has created you to know. It's called bladder and when it's full, not much you can do about it, you know? But then there's some advice from people that's so vital. It's like what you should do for life or what you should do for a career or what you should do to turn your life around or your faith walker or any of that. And so what I want to do today, just in the remainder of our time, is give you some biblical filters to test the voices of others. That sound okay? If it does, say yeah. Here's some, so I'm trying to keep it practical, trying to keep it real, and I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, and I feel like we, we know we know how to hear the voice of God. We, we know the voice of the enemy. When he tells us garbage, we just stomp on him and say, get thee behind me. We hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us all the time. Now what we have is we have all these other voices, and we've got to filter them. So I want to give you some filters this morning, some real biblical filters of what we do, because a lot of this can be people saying, this can be life-changing things. I, my desire for you is to live out your God-given potential. Well, what does that look like? And, and depending on which voices we learn or we lean into, could actually end up allowing us or not allowing us to live out the potential God has for us. So here we go. Does it agree with the Bible? First filter. Does it agree with the Bible? Does it have to? Yes! Well, uh, I, I don't know. Like, the Bible's maybe not necessarily true. You see me after church. If you're not using that as your standard, what the heck are you using? What are you using? How's it going so far? Probably sucky. Okay? 
I used to try the other stuff. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The Word of God is active. It's alive. The Holy Spirit makes it alive for on our behalf. And so we've got to look at it through a biblical filter. Does it line up with the Word of God? Otherwise, what is your guide? You don't have one. If it's you, okay. Good stinking luck. You'll see the truth eventually. Just get there sooner. I wish somebody would have told me this when I was like 12. Luke chapter 21, verse 33. The author of Luke says this. He says, heaven and earth, they're going to pass away. But, whose words? Whose words? Your spouses? person that talked to you? Your kids? How many want your kids' words to pass away sometimes? Don't want to answer that. But you want... You gotta realize God's word will never pass away. You see, God will never contradict his written word. Ever. If somebody says something, it contradicts the word of God. Run! Run away! Get out of there! Cause that's not the right voice. It's the wrong voice. And it's gonna take you off the track that God has for you. I've seen this over and over. Over and over. Even this week on social media. Last week we talked about you know, the voice of the Holy Spirit, and I put some scriptures up, and some people actually posted those scriptures to social media. Great, that's awesome. It's God's Word, I love that. But then I read through some of the comments of some of your friends that don't aren't Bible-believing friends, and they were disagreeing with what scripture said, and some people liked it. And I was like, no! Like, we're going to get off track of what God wants to do in your life, so be so careful. Go back to the Word of God. If it doesn't match up with the Word, it's not right. Can I hear a good amen from somebody? Yes. Dang straight. Anytime the advice we receive goes against God's word, it's not from him. Run! It's the first and most important test. That's like, that's like, that's the test, okay? Are the voices I hear consistent with what God says in his word? If you don't know the word that well, there's a cool thing that we have nowadays called Google. 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 You can Google it. You go to Google. You type in, well, okay, my told this. Now, be careful when you do that because you might pull up a bunch of stuff from other religions and cults and all that junk. Find and make sure that it matches what the Word of God says. Well, I don't know what it says in the Word of God about this. Go to gotquestions.com or biblehub.com or Bible Gateway. There's so many great things out there that you can learn and study and find on your own to go, Does that person says I should do X, Y, Z with my life. Is that true? Go and look. Second is this. Does it make me more like Jesus? Does it make me more like Christ? If it doesn't make you more like Christ, probably not of Him. Because, and here's why, let me show you here in Philippians, the Apostle Paul, he writes this, in your relationships with who? One another, with each of us. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Okay, what's he saying right here? Then he goes out and he talks about what that attitude is of Christ Jesus or mindset. It's the same word. Jesus is the standard by which we measure Everything we do. In fact, God wants us to become more like him every single day. He wants us to be more Christ-like. Not that we become God, that doesn't happen, but we become more godly. The Bible tells us that we need to develop the character that Jesus had. So what characteristics did he have? He had love, he had joy, peace, patience, kind of faith, all these, what we call the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Okay, He had all those, but these are also the characteristics that God wants us to have displayed in our lives. And so if we hear anything that doesn't make us more like Christ or line up with that, that voice isn't from God. Run! You're going to leave today and all you're going to hear is me saying, run! 
Next time somebody says something crazy to you, you'll be like, I gotta run! <laughs> you try to hit it high pitch like that. Come on. God's wisdom is not self-ambition. You don't come to church to go, all right, today it's a business seminar so I can learn how to be successful. There's plenty of those pastors on TV. You don't even have to be here for that. Yeah, we're preaching it. I'm not here to give you success. I'm here to give you a life that God wants you to have that he's created for you. That's what he wants. He doesn't give you ideas for self-promotion. He gives you ideas so that he can be glorified. Okay? Here's the next one. Do fellow believers confirm it or affirm it? So the people that are like-minded like this, do they affirm what these other voices said to you? Okay, do they, are they go, yeah, that, I agree with that. That sounds right on. You see, when you become a fellow believer, there's a lot of things that change. Your relationship with God changes. The people in your life actually start to change. You notice the difference. They become new family. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're new to church and you go, man, this is like, this is like new family. I've got people that are supporting me. This feels different. I can be myself. I'm not judged. I can come in here. People put an arm around me. I feel like I can just be myself. That's welcome to the family. If you're a visitor today, welcome to the family. There's always room for one more, okay? That's what happens. God never, never, ever, ever, ever intended you for to make these big life decisions on your own. No, he wants us to do it together. It's so much better together. Check this out in Proverbs. It says, uh, chapter 11, verse 14, it says, For lack of guidance, an entire nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors, or your translation might say many counselors. So we've got to have other people, other believers, other people that are like-minded speaking into us. Now, if you ask my kids what I'm passionate about, and, and you can ask, some are down here right now, you could ask them this. One of the things I'm most passionate about in our personal life is I love vacationing with my family. Okay? I don't know that there's something I'm more passionate about that we do as a family. I love vacationing. I am a nerd. I am like, okay, TripAdvisor, I could have written TripAdvisor, okay? Yelp, I'd live for Yelp. Foursquare, I love all that stuff. So when we go on vacation, I nerd out. I study it. I try to get as much information as I can. You know, when we're going to Florida, I look at this hotel and that hotel. And tell you what, when you have five kids, you can't just spontaneously show up at a hotel and think you're going to get a room together. It doesn't work that way. Enjoy it if you can be spontaneous still. Otherwise, have more kids. And so once we have five kids, we go down there. I'm like, we got to figure this out. i got to have a plan. And I plan all my meals. And I get totally nerdy. And I learn from other people. And I'll read the blogs. And I'll read all that. And I'll study it. And then I'll have the best decision. I, I That's what I do in my free time, okay? Like, I geek out on that. I love that. That's me. But what it is is I'm learning from the other people that are like-minded, that travel like I love to travel. For you in your walk, if somebody's telling you to do something... Talk to the believers. Talk to people. Call me. Call Pastor Derek. Call people within the church. Call those that you know. Don't call those that aren't like-minded, because guess what they're going to tell you? Some dumb stuff. (laughs) Next, is it consistent with your uniqueness? Is what they say to you consistent with your uniqueness? God has designed you. Okay, not the person next to you, not the older person, not the younger person, not the male, not the female, not you. He has designed you with certain gifts, personality traits, the way you're designed, your abilities. There is only one of you. God, in his greatness, said to you, he's going, I want to create you. I want to create you, 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 you. He goes, I'm going to create them. And he goes, I've got great purposes for them. i got great desires. I have great things for them that I want them to have and I want them to do. Only through you, through nobody else. 
Well, Pastor Chris, time out. Isn't that, that's not very like humble to say that. Let me say this. And Derek and I, we talk about this as pastors. Both him and I, we're replaceable. Okay? We're replaceable. But if you do what God is calling you to do in your life, there's nobody better for that job during that time than you. That's humility. Otherwise, we get this sense of false humility. Well, I bet somebody else could just do it better. I bet, you know, I'm not good enough. I know none of you have said that, but sometimes I do. So I just want you to learn from my mistakes. <clears throat> that was sarcastic for those of you that would like to know. Paul says this in Ephesians. He says, we're God's handiwork. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So before he even like knit you together and your womb, I was knit together in Key West, by the way. He, well, before he did that, no joke. He's going, this is what I have for them to do. He's already got it planned out. You just got to seek him and go, what is it? And sometimes he'll use those other people in your life as advisors to say, hmm, I think you may be on track. I think you're maybe off track. You've heard me say this before. You were never meant to fit in. If you feel like you don't fit in, it's because you're meant to stand out. That's okay. You are a one of a kind. You know, if someone came up to me and I, I would know that this is not my uniqueness. If somebody came up to me and said, you know, Chris, I've been praying for you. And I really think you're supposed to be a Spanish teacher. I'm not created that way. You can ask my wife. I don't know the dialect. I don't know the vocab. I have tried. We used to have a little, little teeny, even my daughter's laughing right now. We used to have a little book and it was a Dora the Explorer book and it had Spanish words in it. And I would try to read it to my daughter and my wife was laughing and I'm like, she's like, you need to stop. Like, here, you need to stop. And I'm like, bonus nachos. Let's vamoose. And she's like, no, no. It's not Spanish Norwegian. It's Spanish. I'm like, it's not my gifting. All right. Next is this. Is it convicting or is it condemning? Convictions from God. Okay. Condemnation. Conviction points the way to change. Condemnation just makes you feel bad. That's the difference. And so when God convicts you of sin in your life, He's always really specific about it, isn't it? He says, He's like, hey, gal, hey, guy, you're blowing it in this area. Let me help you fix it. That's conviction. That's awesome. Lean into that because He has your best interest in mind. He's not trying to be mean. He's going, man, if you get this area, you'll be able to do things that you haven't thought about yet. I'm trying to work on that. Condemnation, on the other hand, it says you're bad, you're no good, you're worthless, you stink. Those thoughts aren't God's thoughts. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Conviction always leads to the possibility of change. Every single time. Condemnation just makes you feel hopeless. You know, I love what John says here later on in First John uh, chapter 1, verse 9. He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He does that to get a hold of our hearts. And so when somebody speaks to you, if it's condemning, that's not from the Lord. If it's convicting, it probably is. And that's okay. Lean into that. Lean into that. Here's the last one that I have for you. Does it give me a sense of God's peace? Does it give me a sense? Does this give me a sense of God's peace? Do you feel like th- there's peace? Or are you like, I'm not sure this is what God's doing? Because if it is, you will have this overwhelming feeling of peace. Man, I tell you, when we, when we started the Bridge Church, 
I got to tell you, this is the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. I had three kids, four kids at the time, and then we had our fifth. Here I am, we, had, we were youth pastors in Eden Prairie. And God started speaking to us like crazy time, saying, I want you to go and plant the church. We didn't know where. We didn't know how. We didn't even know, like, how, how are we going to pay for stuff? I don't know. You know, I, I delivered pizzas. I did anything I could. And it was the scariest moment of our life. But when you have people that don't even know you come up to you and say, this is right. This is what you're called to do. And people that you love lean into you. Then it's like, okay, I know this is, I know this is what God has for us. There's this peace. I remember being so scared to death. And we're, uh, you know, we, we work with the Assemblies of God. I'm not a big denomination guy, but we're, they're our covering and I love them and, and they love us. And what I said to them is the person that helped us plant, my coach, who became. So this was a few months before we, we planted the church. I sat down. His name's Roger. And Roger and I sat down together and he was at the other side of the table. And as we're sitting there, I said this to him. I said, I'm scared to death of starting a church because I don't, I, a lot of my friends have started churches and have had to close their doors. That's, that's a scary thing because you feel like a failure as a pastor or it doesn't grow as big as you think. And, you know, these are things you think about as a pastor every day. And, and we're sitting there and I said, I feel like I have a couple options. One, and some of you know the story if you've been to an intro dinner. I said, one, I feel like either, um, kind of like this. I don't know if you ever saw America's Got Talent, but in America's Got Talent, uh, have you ever seen the one where they have like the little small kiddie pool and then you've got the this really stupid insane guy that walks up like a hundred feet on a ladder and like does a belly flop into the four foot pool? You ever seen that? If not, it's crazy. You YouTube it. Goes up there and he's getting ready to jump in the pool and I said, I feel like I'm that guy. I'm staring down at this and I'm going, I've got a couple different options. Either one, I jump and I don't know what's going to happen. I could splat. Or I back down the ladder and I get off this crazy thing that I think is gonna, that God's speaking us to do. Or, I said, here's the third option. I said, I'm up there and, you know, it's some kid that just pushes me off. That's kind of what I was hoping for. And I'll never forget his words. Never. Some of you know him, you've heard the story a million times, but Roger just said to me, he goes, why don't I jump with you? And it was like, immediate peace. Like, we've got your back. You're going to be like, let's do this together. I've got your back. Have peace in this. Yeah, it's a crazy wild ride jump. You, you don't know what's going to happen. Still don't. But look around, guys. God's doing some incredible things here. It's not because of Heather and I. We're just trying to obey God. We want the same thing for your life. That That's it. It's that simple. Does it give me a sense of God's peace? If it's like confusion all over the place from the voices you hear, you can be certain that's not of God. If you're confused about it, you know, you're, it's not God because God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of order. Perfect order. He's, if He's genuinely speaking to you, there's going to be a peace in your heart about it all. There's going to be. And when you plant the church, you know it's God's peace when your wife says, I'm on board, let's do this together. Because if she didn't, we wouldn't have. Got to be on board. Here's what it says in the scripture in 1 Corinthians. It says, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. God's the God of peace. He wants you to have peace. Okay? So, does it give me a sense of God's peace? Is it convicting or is it condemning? Is it consistent with the way you were created, your uniqueness? Do others confirm it? Does it make me more like Christ? And does it match up with what the Word of God says? Does it match up with that? We'll put those on Facebook for everybody this week. But I'm going to give you this in the last couple moments here. As we'll close out service here in just a couple minutes. There's nothing more vital 
in your life than hearing from God. That's why we took this month to just lean in to, to listen to. I, I said at the beginning, of, and maybe, maybe you're here, maybe you weren't. I asked a question at the beginning, and there was not a, a huge response. And the, the question was this, are you desperate to hear God's voice? I hope through the last couple of weeks that you're going, I want to change, I want to hear his voice more. You have to seek it out. You have to seek Him. You have to find a quiet time. Jesus would constantly get away with the Father, and He would do that. If Jesus had to get away with the Father, we probably do too. Just a while, maybe even more. God's not here to play games with us, though. We're called to seek Him. He wants to speak to you, and He wants you to listen. The secret of hearing God clearly is to get to know Him better. Spend time with Him. The voices that we know the best are the ones that are around us constantly. If we're around Him constantly, God, speak to me. If we're in His Word constantly, it becomes easier because we get to know that voice easier. We can instantly discern, is that a God voice or is that is that an enemy voice? Is that is that my own voice? What, what is that? So just, just really quick, round of applause. Are you desperate for God's voice? Round of applause if you are. Okay? All right. All right. Show you one more scripture and then I have a picture to show you. John's words here. He says, My sheep, he's talking about us, we're sheep, okay? Bah, that's us. Listen to my voice. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. I know them and they follow me. Okay? So think of it like that. Are you listening to the shepherd's voice? Are you like, are you outside the pen? <laughs> you know? Are, are you like, are you like, I want to go where you go? Now, God leaves the 99 for the one. Don't get me wrong, okay? But he wants to know, do you hear him? Do you hear him? Let me show you this last picture. And uh, round of applause if you know who this is. Don't say it. If you know who this is, round of applause. Anybody? Nobody knows who this is. Wow, I did good. I was hoping not a lot would know who this is. It's your dad? I don't think so, bro. Um... If that's your dad, you need to take him shopping for a new wardrobe. Um, the, uh, and take him tanning. Okay, the, uh, this is somebody from a long time ago, decades ago. And uh, he was told all his life he wouldn't measure up to what his dream was. He thought over and over because he was told he couldn't do it. And he kept battling that. Told over and over he believed in something that wasn't true. In fact, he's the first person in our entire history that we know of that actually broke a record that was told he could never do it. His name's Roger Bannister. Some of you know Roger Bannister. Now you know who he is. You just never saw him. Roger Bannister was told you could never, ever do a mile. You, you would, your heart would collapse inside your lungs. You could never run a mile in less than four minutes. It's the first man that ever did it. Now many people have followed suit. Why? Because he started listening to the right voices and stopped listening to the wrong ones. Listen, discern God's voice for your life. God has the best interest in mind for you. You've got to believe that. Some of you maybe have been hurt by others or hurt by churches or hurt by pastors or other things. And you've got to realize that was never God's intent. Don't equate your relationship with God to the hurt you've received here. Your relationship and the hearing from God does not come horizontally. It comes vertically. And so lean in and listen to what he has to say. Dig in there. Download the YouVersion app. Read a scripture a day, at least. 
pray on the way when you're commuting. Many of us commute downtown. When you're commuting downtown, you got an hour to pray, you know? Ask him, Lord, just speak to me. Turn off the music for just a little bit and go, man, God, what is it that you want to say? So let's pray. God, I thank you for your voice. Thank you that you're always speaking. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us how to listen on a better level and on a greater level. So today, Lord, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here that says, I need to hear your voice, but I have yet not accepted you, Jesus, as a Savior that has given your life to me, that they would right now in their hearts receive you. Just say, yes, Jesus, I receive you this morning, if that's you, right where you're sitting, and he'll change your life. For the rest of us that need just to hear God's voice, and to hear well and to discern those other things that people have spoken to us. Maybe it's a change in our job. Maybe it's a, a change in life. Would we only listen to the voice that you are speaking? Would you give us tunnel vision to hear only that? And allow us to use these filters when other people are our advisors and speak into our life. Lord, I, the challenge this week for us is to take our level or our relationship with you one step deeper. Maybe that's through prayer. Maybe that's through the Bible. Maybe that's through taking a risk on something you've put on our hearts. Whatever it is, God, I pray we'd live that out for you. Would you bless this church, God, with the amount of generosity that this church has given? Would you give back to them? And I'm not even asking that financial, Lord. I don't think it works that way. I think you give unto people how you see fit and what they need and what will bless them. And what whatever you give us gives us a relationship with you on a greater level. So I ask that you would do that. You'd meet us where we're at this morning. God, if there's guests visiting today, would they just feel your presence like never before? Not just right now, but as they go on through their week. Lord, we love you. And we ask that we can continue to serve you with our minds, Lord, with what you speak to us. Help us have those filters and use them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we give God some praise before we head out of here? Come on. Come on. Let's lift him up. Come on. Worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hey, grab some food on the way out. Say hi to somebody. Go buy somebody lunch. And we'll see you next week. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.